0: One Podcast Mining the Magic the Gathering Subreddits for Salt This is The Howling Salt Mine It's the Howling Salt Mine The Howling Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, finding the saltiest stories, those salty confessionals that we love, put them in our mind cart and bring them back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Tony. Say hey, Tony. What up, what up, what up? You know, I got to say, I feel like
1: even the inflection points that you make when you say that are now becoming standard. Of like, we delve into the salty minds, like salty, salty minds. Yes, yeah. I, I feel like I have to say it so that people know that you're still doing it live. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I feel like, a, yeah, it, it's well-worn grooves at this point. It's been, yeah. been over a year so. And dear listener, you may have noticed that Mike isn't here. Yep, that's right. He had something. Fuck uh, I don't know what it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so today we are joined by our special guest host, Pat. Say, hey, Pat.
2: Uh, in response to Tony's monologue, I was holding up mana, and uh, it's been countered. <laughs> Yo, fuck Pat. I can't believe this is finally happening. No, I was looking forward to this. When I heard I was going to finally be doing an episode with Tony, I, could, I, I, can't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wait.
1: It was actually kind of hilarious, because mike was like trying to be like no like you can't do an episode with pat and i'm not there and i was like this is what i need yeah (laughs) like this (laughs) needs to happen so that we can establish the true the true order of
0: things yeah i'm just gonna step out and let you guys fucking fight basically
2: (laughs) send triplets is a fun deck
0: (laughs) it is so funny how like this This thing has come out of the show where it's like, oh, Pat's going to replace Tony at some point. (laughs) Tony's always like, fucking bullshit. (laughs) It's part of the lore. It's part of the mythos. Yeah, it is part of like the funny lore, I guess. (laughs) Um, Hey, speaking of lore, uh, what do you guys think of the Lord of the Rings shit that's been coming out? Today was spoiler day. We're fucking hot on it, dude. We are hot on it. Oh, my
1: God. I'm so... Ugh, it's literally just like so good because i fucking uh i'm obsessed with lord of the rings i love lord of the rings i mean i talked about it on the podcast like i have a fucking lego set of lord of the rings that i just bought <laughs> i didn't buy this as a child i i'm fucking 31 i just bought that shit i'm like let's go <laughs> and i oh i i didn't put it in a cart because if i put it in a cart i would have bought it but I clicked on a collector's box really today for that's how you get that ring, dude. You got to get the one ring. Well, that, that's borderline why I want to do it. I know I'm not going to get it, but, it's just like the lotto. I can't win if I don't play, you know? Yeah. It's,
2: it's stellar marketing. My my roommate who never buys sealed product, even this time is going, oh, well, I'm going to buy something to see if I get the one ring. Like, it's so you funny. That, that gambler's yeah. fallacy comes out as soon as the jackpot is high enough.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like, I'm not going to get it But if i don't buy a pack i'm really not gonna get it you know exactly
1: (laughs) then there's no chance i was thinking also about just buying a pack but like one pack is it never satiates me that's my biggest problem like one pack is
0: never enough i need it to be like 10 and then i'm like satisfied because if you get 10 packs and then one of those packs is full of spicy cards you're like the purchase has been justified. <laughs> Look at what I did. <laughs> Literally.
1: But a lot of people always make their good point, And I say this too. <laughs> like I can buy all of the things I want from the set. If I just. Yeah. Save if I bunnies. just buy the cards. But at the same time, this is one of the few sets that even the chaff, I probably would enjoy just because it's all about Lord of the Rings. Right. So it's like, it's not, I mean, I love a good yoke docs. Don't we all, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> A yoked fucking hobbit,
0: like, sounds better. <laughs> like... Yeah, totally, dude.
1: It's funny you say that.
2: I had a discussion with somebody at a local LGS called the Battle Standard, which I recently became a member of, and I was talking to them about which product I was going to pre-order because I kind of want some of those chaff cards too. So I think I'm going to be getting mostly draft boosters this time, and Ooh. just I want to slowly play those with friends over time because I I really do think this product is going to be like one of the best ones in a long time just for in terms of like flavor especially for getting people into the game we maybe don't normally play magic
0: yeah also shout out to the battle standard which is owned by my friend jared great store thanks jared i, I didn't know you were going there <laughs>
2: Oh, dude! I, I I've started frequenting it bi-weekly because really? uh, me and my Sick. partner Shayla
1: have gotten into 40k as well.
0: So, oh, dude, oh, yeah, oh, that's man. the end of it. I'm in trouble. <laughs> that's the end of it, man. Are
1: you painting your minifigs yet? Or poorly, but yes.
0: <laughs> nice. What uh? What army are you running there? I oh, my
2: God. happen to be building Adeptus Mechanicus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh nice i played a little bit of tyranids back in the day very very loosely but um yeah it it was fun i mean i got into oh god you're gonna send me you're gonna send me i was gonna say before we go too far down down the rabbit hole no 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 (laughs) tony (laughs) no you can go tony
1: (laughs) i mean the the only thing other thing i was gonna say is do you guys think that elijah wood plays magic Um, um because you like saw the thing, right? You yeah, like I saw, saw the, the video. The,
0: like... So so for people who haven't seen it, like Magic put out a promotional video with Elijah Wood, like looking at the cards and talking about them and being like, this is so cool. It's so flavorful. It's such a great reimagining, all this kind of stuff. I don't think he plays because I think if he did play, he'd be geeking out about like the mechanics and stuff. Right, And, and I think they would have played that up a shit ton. If he was like, oh, I play Magic, they would have been like, oh my god like put him on game nights right now or something
1: (laughs) yeah i feel like when you put it like that uh it really crushes my soul because i just had like a glimmer of maybe he plays Mm. sorry bud i didn't really i (laughs) wanted to believe it you know yeah (laughs) just because it like would have made it that much better (laughs) but yeah that's true
0: but i bet he does play War Machine Hordes, a popular tabletop <laughs> miniature game Without a doubt. By Privateer Press, which I used to play all the time. Uh, I won't talk about it. I'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's
1: that's not even like a Stray Grains. It's, it's an episode. Yeah, that's just, just 40 just... minutes of Sam talking about War Machine. <laughs> yeah, that's a Sam that's like monologue. A good episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I I just have to shout out a couple cards that I'm pretty stoked for with this set. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Rosie Cotton of South Lane. Did you get so cute? The art is amazing. Yeah, the art is great. Also, like Legendary Halfling Peasant, two and a white, for a one-one. Comes into play, you get a food token. Not exciting. The super exciting part is whenever you create a token, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control other than Rosie. Fucking insane, dude.
1: Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if you have infinite mana, that just like goes infinite with Gave, right?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it like removes a whole step with Gave. Like yeah. usually with Gave, you are converting plus one plus one counters to tokens and vice versa. Like with this, you just never reduce in your plus one plus one counter count. There's already a bunch of like two card combos there with yeah. like Herd Bayloth, where uh, whenever you put a plus one plus one counter on Herd Bayloth, you make a green beast token so then Mm -hmm. that's just infinite right there like (laughs) yeah (laughs) two cards (laughs) so it's obviously
1: very powerful and like can do a lot of things does it not almost make you a little sad too though because it sort of removes a step i find sometimes like
3: Mm.
1: it feels like gave in particular is a very rugelberg kind of commander yeah like it does there's tons of cards that combo with it hard right but Sometimes it's like more fun when it is like a I do the thing to this thing to that thing to get this thing.
3: Yeah. And I, now I when it's just that. like
1: I do this one thing, it's like, I don't know, it takes a little bit of the spark away because it's like that's the best card now, right? Like that's what you go get. <laughs> you don't yeah. go get any of the other things <laughs> right. anymore.
0: Well, I think what it lets me do is it lets me cut out some of the gave list combos that I run. Like I have mm. some combos in there that don't need Gave, like Mike and Trike, um, yeah. in the case, the Unhallowed. And Triskelion, like that's in there, and that doesn't need Gave to go off. And now I can just take that out and put in like a more compact Gave win con that probably still needs, I mean, that's probably still like three cards to get that to pop off, you know? Like mm-hmm. the thing with Gave that I always need to remind you guys, because you always fucking forget, <laughs> is that it, it, it needs like three or four pieces to combo off. And whenever I get one down, they're like, he's about to do it. I'm like, no, I'm not even close. Like, give me time.
1: Well, it's because it's one of those combos that, like, once all the pieces are down, you can't usually stop. we can't stop you. It's too yeah. late once they're yeah, all you're... down. It's at sack speed, so
0: yeah. Yep. But yeah, dude, the flavor of the set is really, really sick. I'm also excited for the for the Merkwood bats, which is like whenever you create or sack oh, that a token, one's crazy. Opponent That one looks good. Like...
2: It's four mana, but
0: still. Bilbo birthday celebrant. Did you guys see this one? It's like when you. Have you can oh. have this five mana activated ability? You exile Bilbo, search your library yes. for any number of creature cards, put them on the battlefield, and then you can only activate it if you've over one hundred <laughs> like, so and eleven life. Like it, building weird.
1: <laughs> I definitely was thinking about building it. Honestly, I wish it was. Um... I wish it was whatchamacallit. Uh, five, five color. color. Yeah. If it was five color, I would be building it and
0: that would just be well that Tom Bombadil dude.
1: Yeah. But it's it's like not the it's not the same. Like I want that ability on a stick with yeah. five colors so that I can just run every single fucking legend in this set in the deck <laughs> and then assemble the panoramic the of full... of like that full battlefield of like Pelinor oh. fields and like stuff like that, that would be <laughs> kind of perfect. Fucking stick.
0: Yeah, you'd have to so change the lighting on anyway. your webcam for that, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'd <laughs> be in the glare. <laughs> oh my God. But that's what I want to do with that deck. <laughs> also, Orcish Bowmasters. Did you guys see this shit? Did I? Yes. Fucking gorgeous, man. Two mana for a 1 1. Flash it in. When it ETBs and whenever an opponent draws a card other than their first, it deals one damage to any target. Then you amass Orcs 1. Insane. A lot of people are talking about how Opus Thief is gonna come back, which is mm. the uh Timnichrom, the old version of Timnacrom, that was like very heavy on wheels and stuff like that back when Hull Breacher was really big. Because mm. if you wheel with this, that's 21 damage you can drop down, yeah, and, and you're gonna make a big fat orc like to any target. It's insane. <laughs>
2: Right, but just just to be clear, that 21 damage isn't to each player. It would be
1: spread among any number of targets.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: but it's like you could nuke somebody. You could nuke For sure. every nuke single 1%. creature on the board that isn't yours. Like, Yeah, I think right. it's
0: better that it's like precision damage because you can, yeah. I mean, again, my Marath deck, <laughs> my Marath deck has taught me the value of precision damage plinking in on specific targets. To be able to right. do that whenever people are drawing cards is crazy. It's like Mayhem Devil, dude. Like Mayhem Devil is super slept on, I think. And it's such a powerful card. It's crazy.
1: For sure. Yeah. I kind of want to build a something with that for casual.
0: Mm. Mm, yeah, you're evil. But
1: I, might, I might not because it might be too
0: oppressive, as they say. <laughs> but anyway. The one thing that I don't like about this set is I think the tempt the ring mechanic sucks. You think it sucks? I think it's just like a total flavor fail. It's very weird to me.
2: Now, do you feel that way? Because there's no downside or do you feel that way kind of because it's similar to dungeons and initiative and that's kind of a mechanic that people seem to have soured on a little bit just because it's it's not very intuitive. It like mm-hmm. requires a lot of game knowledge and uh, it's a lot to keep track of.
0: It's it's a bit of both. I think for me, the biggest thing is like a flavor fail in that it has no downside. Even the terminology tempted by the ring kind of inherently conjures up this image of like something bad happening when Mm. you indulge in the ring you know what I mean For sure. whereas when you look at the card it is kind of these like these progressive creature buffs that you apply to one of your legendary creatures which is cool you know like they can't be blocked or or there are like blocking stipulations they draw cards when you attack you know creatures that block it get sacrificed It, it just has all these interesting abilities but like what most people associate with the ring is like all the negative shit that it was doing to frodo frodo wasn't putting on the ring and being like yo i'm a badass now and i'm going to kill sauron myself like he didn't fucking do that like he was like <laughs> i'm scared to put it on and i don't want to put it on if i can help it and i'm only going to do it when i really really need to
2: now the reason cited by uh some of the designers i remember was they just said people wouldn't really use the mechanic if there was a downside So do you think there's like a good, clean way to fix this and add like a fun downside?
0: Yeah, so I actually think it wouldn't be adding a downside. I think that you reflavor it. It's not the ring anymore. It's a ring of power. And it's more about the fact that like rings of power exist in the world and they just make legendary creatures more powerful. It doesn't have to be the specific ring, like the one ring in my mind. I see. And I think that is the thing that kind of, changes it for me is the fact that the one ring has such a negative connotation with it where it's just rings of power in general and there can be multiple rings of power on the board too which is also kind of a better flavor in my mind so i think that could be like a really subtle thing and just the terminology it's no longer tempted by the ring it's you know something else like that like indulging right. in the ring using the ring who knows
1: do you have an idea tony um no i feel like i actually actually just don't like how it kind of plays in the mechanics. Because, like, sure, there's no downside, but, but I also don't think they're, like, that great. Like, I kind of wanted more downside and more craziness once mm-hmm. you've been, like, tempted enough. Like, even if it was just, like, on a stick of, like, if you've been tempted ten times, you lose the game. Or, like... Some kind of I don't even know I don't I'm not good at this kind of stuff of like creating mechanics on the fly. see the first thing I thought when I heard this mechanic tempted by the
2: ring was that your creature or something would get incrementally more powerful and then as it reached its like climax, you yeah. would get some sort of abyssal persecutor ability where it's like as long as your ring bearer is in play, you can't win the game or something. Yep. so you mm, had to get rid of it yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I, I had a similar thought path that that that's it would have this like penultimate thing where it would fuck up your board or something
1: the ring itself though does have like negative impact it's just not like the tempting mechanic that has it but i also kind of want to build that deck that is like the tempting deck where it's like i don't even remember what it is but i think if you if you've been tempted by the ring like four times or something like you transform frodo and you just fucking nuke people if you hit them they lose the game
0: yeah, I, I also want to build that deck. I want to build the Sam and Frodo partners deck.
1: Yeah, that's, that's cool. definitely the deck I want to build. <laughs> so uh, you heard it here, fans. I said it
0: first. I, I will be building that. I'm just going to cut that right out of the episode so you never say it.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. The only other thing I'll say is that some people are getting like super butt hurt about the fact that like Aragorn is black and I think that's the stupidest shit ever. And if you think that, uh, you should fucking take a real hard look at, at like what you're concerning yourself <laughs> with. Cause cause I bet like four weeks ago you didn't give a shit about Lord of the Rings as hard as you do right now. And like right. <laughs> you're definitely caring for a reason other than like the authenticity of the character whatever the fuck you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just absolute joker behavior.
2: If anything, I'm super glad they didn't go for like a realistic human look like they did with like the walking dead secret oh, layers i love how creative Jeez. they are with all these characters and stuff yeah. if anything i wish they were more creative with a little a few of the cards that showed locales like uh Minas tirith and rivendell they look good mm. i wish they were as creative with those locations as they were with some of the character designs because oh, the character designs point. are perfect
0: yeah I, i'm glad that they've like done a really unique interpretation because if it was just elijah wood on a card as much as <laughs> i love elijah wood <laughs> i would be so sad if I, it was like Vigo Mortensen, here he goes. I'm attacking with him now. It's like, boo, dude. That's so lame. I don't know if
1: this happened in podcast land or if it happened just in like us chatting with our pod back in the day. But when there was all the hullabaloo about secret layers and stuff, I swear we referenced this. We happening. did. <laughs> For like Lord of the Rings happening, and you literally were like, I don't want Elijah Wood on a card. I want like. <laughs> Why? Dang, I think remember like, that. It's so true. And yeah. I, and I, and it's true now. At the time, I was like, I'm not going to play any of these stupid fucking secret layer bullshit things. I I hate them. But when Lord of the Rings and Dragon Ball Z come out, I'm definitely buying all that shit. So, like, <laughs> so someday when they give us the Dragon Ball Z secret layer that I've always wanted, then. I'm also gonna buy that shit up too. So, wizards, I yeah. you know you're listening. Fucking Dude, print If that the shit.
0: Goku card, if the Goku card isn't a photorealistic vigo Mortensen, I'm gonna fucking flip out. No, it's from the <laughs> tw-
2: the 2012 US movie where it's the.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh,
3: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that no.
0: Was. Yeah, that that actor <laughs> that you looked like the frontman of Green Day
2: puts <laughs> more product in his hair than I do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be the funniest thing. And then they have. They have the uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender secret layer, but it's oh, just God. Don't. The M Night Shyamalan movie no. characters. <laughs> that is
1: literally the worst. That is quite possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. Yes, I agree, and I'm not just saying that. Like it, it actually was just fucking. It's, it's trash.
0: It's painful to watch. Yeah. So <laughs> like during early COVID, my wife, my my wife and I were just like look, looking for stuff to do. You know, everybody's trapped in their homes. I was like, Hey, have you ever seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, the show? She's like, No, I haven't. I was like, we should watch it. I think you might like it. So we started to watch it. She got super into it. We watched all of it, like marathoned it. You know, we're laughing, we're crying. It's an amazing show. Uh, We went on to watch all of Korra as well, which I hadn't seen. So that was really cool to watch together. But after we finished the third season of, uh, you know, the the Book of Fire of the animated series... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I made my wife watch the M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> and oh, I was oh like, this God. is a rite of passage for every Avatar <laughs> fan. You <laughs> must watch this movie and you have to get super angry about it. And, well, and we had to do it in two sittings because she was like, I can't take any more of this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, like Stephanie, literally exact mirror. We did the same exact thing, except... <laughs> Stephanie had heard how bad the movie was and she fucking loves bad TV. She like eats that shit up. She's like, if something's horrible, I, I, she's like, I must see it. (laughs) And, and anytime there's something like this where it's like, Oh, it's avatar. There's like stuff that exists around like the universe. She's like, I must watch all of the content that exists around it. And so we watched it and we like, we actually stopped it. I've yeah. never stopped a movie. And like we stopped it and we're like, do we finish this? And like <laughs> we've watched a lot of bad shit and, and we did wind up finishing it, but it was God, such
0: fucking trash. It's so bad we're troopers. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking horrible movie. It's like, yeah. it's like he didn't even watch the show. Like they yeah. You know, like they give you the pronunciations of the names, M. Night. Like uh, it's, it's Sokka and Ang, not Soka and Ong. It's, yeah, in the
3: like, fucking cartoon, it's right? more
0: authentic that way. It's more authentic that way. Oh my God. It's not like it's a book where the names are open to interpretation. Like yeah. it is a show and they are saying the names. You
3: know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to interpretation.
0: Like how everybody pronounced Hermione differently when we were all growing up, you know? Hermioneon. Yeah some would say that uh Hermoin <laughs> there was some dyslexia informing my pronunciation of, of Hermione oh. Hermoin wow I'll never uh, be the man. same yeah <laughs> well uh alright well should we get into it that's a lot of For sure. <laughs> Yeah. I got some salty stories here we are gonna Hit these, and. uh But
1: Sam, wait. Huh. What salt?
0: I was actually, I was waiting because
1: I was like, "Do I let Pat do this? Do I like then try and crush him and do it over him?" Like,
2: <laughs> I wanted to try to sneak it under you, but I was waiting for you to start. It
1: felt like a stare down in that moment. Too. We were both kind of just like, eh, "Who's gonna move?" Two gunslingers outside the saloon.
0: <laughs> well, thanks, Pat. What a oh, no, great actually. Um, excuse-, excuse me. Uh,
1: what what is what is salt? Sam, thank you. That's uh, the proper one that you want to use. So cut out that shit that Pat said before and just use mine. Could you clearly define it? <laughs> could you not listen to Pat and
0: only listen to me? Actually, um... <laughs> salt is when your two co-hosts <laughs> won't let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, salt is frustrations in the game. It's when there's a power imbalance at the table, social dynamics, maybe something weird going on in your play group. Uh, you know, maybe somebody's in a bad mood and and they're just coming to the table salty before you even start. And then they start sprinkling that salt around, and soon everybody's in a bad mood. You know, salt kind of ranges from these really small trivial things like getting a little frustrated when a card of yours gets removed all the way to like flipping the table, throwing a blight steel colossus at people, you know, crazy shit like that. <laughs> salt is also when M. Night Shyamalan can't fucking pronounce Sokka and Aang correctly <laughs>
1: When he's given gold And somehow completely trashes it He yeah. just uses the title <laughs> Like that That is all that translates From the series to the movie The title. It's insane Guys, guys, have you seen the movie Where
2: the beach turns you old Let's. <laughs> yeah. We're hating on M-, M. Night a lot here But he's made some
0: goodins <laughs> Hey man, science is, was pretty good You know Six cents was pretty good. But I think these other ones are really bad. Anywho. Hopefully not as bad as our stories from Reddit. Thank you, Pat. What a transition. Tony, you should you can really step it up, you know? Uh Sam,
1: why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> what the fuck? And then pack
0: end too. Fuck this shit. It's making me look bad. I'm just getting started, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so this first one comes to us from Patreon. And this one is from user MTG Mind Goblin. Mind Goblin. Goblin nuts. Eat nuts.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the post is titled, A Growing Salty Stalagmite, an Origin Story. Ooh, no lie. I like that post title. And the story goes Dear Sam, Mike, and Tony. Hey, what about me? Sorry, Pat. <laughs> That's right, bitch.
2: Please address your emails to me as well from now on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll Somebody email them will. back. Have them resend this. No,
1: <laughs> don't. Please don't do that.
0: <laughs> Firstly, I would like to say I'm a huge fan of the show. So much so that I've decided to become a patron. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, dude. So our story begins with describing our LGS play environment. For years now, our group has been getting together on a night we call Bad Magic Thursdays. Everyone brings their jankiest and saltiest decks. It's been known that everything goes. High power, casual decks with MLD, infect, stacks, and just general bad salty magic. However, for newer players, we refrain from this. As the player in question plays and understanding of the game progressed, so did his salt. In the beginning, we would let him tutor for lands instead of drawing because he would get so salty for missing land drops.
2: Oh, Oh, (laughs) been there.
0: He would constantly try to fight other players for their actions against him in the game, which would then cause people to target him more frequently because they didn't want to deal with him screaming and acting like he was going to punch somebody. Even the employees at the shop had to fight with him to keep him behaving. Oh, God. The moment in which it was decided he needed to be permanently banned is what I would like to talk about. Permanently? Holy shit. They sent this That's guy to the intense. oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when frustration from the game became real-life hatred towards other players. Oh, Oh, no. During a normal casual game, player A started to get ahead on board with a large amount of werewolves on the battlefield, enough to take a player out in one swing. Players B, C, and D are aware of the threat, and player B, our salty player, decides he's going to take out player A. He threatens to use Tree of Perdition to lower his life to 13 and says, I'm going to only target you for the rest of the game. Player A says, okay, if you do it, I'll swing at you and take you out of the game next turn. But Hurt Player B did not care and wasn't persuaded to back down from his statement. Player A proceeds to top deck Relentless Assault and has an enchantment to grant Double Strike in hand. Naturally, he plays both and kills the salty Player B. Player B immediately scoops before damage is dealt and proceeds to point at his Tree of Perdition and says something horribly fucking racist jesus christ oh, no. oh dear jesus um and oh player gosh. a is a person of color so they start screaming oh. at each other until player b is asked to leave the store he tries to come back in a few minutes later to apologize only to be asked to leave again he stumbled back in a few months later only to be told that he has been permanently banned from entering the store Being salty is fine, but don't let the anger of the game turn into hate against another person. We're all just trying to have fun playing the game we love. Thanks for sharing the story, and hopefully we can eliminate hate from our game stores. These places need to be safe spaces for all races, genders, and all people in general. Fuck yeah, Mind God. Oh my... Holy shit, Wow. That is
1: like... I feel like that is something that, thankfully... I mean, I haven't really seen something to that degree like ever in real life. No, like hear about
0: it in passing. And like, that's so horrible. Like, yeah, I mean, I think we can pretty confidently say that this person is a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And (laughs) I totally agree. You know, if anyone is in your playgroup or your store who's like racist or saying racist, transphobic or hateful things or anything like that, any bigoted shit like fuck that person, man, like. If your friend gets angry or salty and that shit slips out, like mm, reconsider, reconsider who you keep it as company. You know, I find that like those really high intensity moments when that shit comes out, it's like showing that person's true colors. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't just get mad and say something horribly racist. No, you were probably racist. And now you're a mad racist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus.
2: I want to give props to the LGS because it sounds like they punished this guy and they were like also willing to like stand up and be like, no, this guy has to leave now. Because like magic is often a hobby that attracts like pretty like nice and like sometimes like uh, uh, meeker people, like people who aren't as like open to confrontation. So it's really good that everyone in the environment was able to just like band with you and not let you like experience that on your own. So good on your LGS for kicking this guy out and hopefully he stays kicked out. Yeah, and, like, 100%. sticking to the
1: guns, too, right? Like, not only in the moment, but, like, when they tried to come back the first time, and then again, like, later on down the line. For sure.
0: I bet Player B is angry about the new Aragorn design. Too bad.
1: He, gets, he, miss, he misses the best
2: fucking magic yeah. set in, like, ever.
0: Fucking loser. he's a moron. Loser behavior. <laughs>
2: His room temperature IQ is keeping him from enjoying <laughs> cool things.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That is, like, it's unacceptable salt, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. This is this is like a whole nother level. Like, I, I wouldn't even say this is a salty situation. This is like, unfortunately, something that people have to deal with, uh, yeah. you know, right. just as a part of their daily lives. And depending on where you live, like, you may encounter people who are saying this kind of shit to you on a regular basis. So, like you guys said... It's huge props to the LGS for kicking this person out and for all the people in the LGS for banding together with that. Cause th- there's no place for that in magic. And it, it's so unfortunate, you know? I mean, I, I think it's kind of interesting that like lately, I've been looking at like the magic community as a whole, and I see it getting more and more diverse and it it's really cool, man. You know, cause so often like nerdy things are just dominated by like white dudes. And it's really cool to see like, you know, people of color, trans people, women coming in and like playing in the space like it is just it's just awesome, you know?
2: Yeah, I have had some of the best games of EDH ever with like people who years ago maybe would have never been able to get into the hobby because it was populated by like people who look just like me. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely great that more and more people are coming in and enjoying the hobby because it's good. And I hope people like player B continue to leave over stupid stuff like getting killed by a werewolf deck and not being able to jack shit about it, you weak-ass
0: EDH player. Yeah. Maybe you should
2: have held up a counterspell.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whiny baby behavior. Yeah, holy shit. The shittiness of this awful, salty player aside, I do want to point out how awesome it is that MTG Mind Goblin has something called bad magic Thursdays where everybody just comes and brings their fucking saltiest deck. Like the, the horribleness of this post was so blinding that I almost forgot about this, but like people are bringing casual decks with MLD and infect and stacks and just being salty on purpose. I think that's kind of awesome. This is an ideal
1: play group when you have fun nicknames, that perfect play group. (laughs) We talked about doing something similar to this at one point of like, each just having a deck that is, like, super salt-inducing <laughs> so that, like, we can kind of do some of these things. Like, Mike was hard up on building a fucking land destruction deck for a while. Yeah. I was like, I want to build this, but you're all going to hate me. So then we kind of toyed around with, like, everybody having a deck that fit those sort of parameters. of yeah, It's all untouchable. You can do, like, whatever you want, and no one's allowed to be salty. But then I feel like, for us at least... Having such an insulated meta maybe me hurt more in that scenario because we're like we're just gonna be fucking mad. Well, <laughs> we're gonna build, we're gonna build shit to like just counter what other people are trying to do, and yeah. like that was more of the issue we were having. But maybe we should try and think about trying to bring it back up again so that Mike can build his fucking land, his destruction, land destruction deck. deck. <laughs> I can't believe those words are even coming out of my mouth, but like,
0: <laughs> well, it was a funny situation because Mike had this deck, and you and I were hesitant, Tony, because it was like. I only have so much time to play magic anyways. I only have so much money to invest in decks anyways. Why am I going to build a deck that is like really shitty to play against? And maybe yeah. I never get to play it again because no one wants to face it. And then there's also this element of it becoming like a, my dad is going to beat up your dad argument. Where it was like, <laughs> well, I'm going to bring an MLD deck. And it was like, well, I'm just going to bring a fucking counterspell deck. Then how about that? And it was like, yeah. well, I'm going to bring stacks and rule of law. Have fun only countering one thing per turn. Jerk and it was like well then I'm just gonna do Aggro and fuck you and it was just Like <laughs> like we were already Playing the games out And <laughs> just in, in chat Just being like well I'll do this and then I'll do This and it just kind of Petered out it, which is funny because Nick just ended up building his deck anyways He was gonna do tiny bones discard and he built it. Yeah, yeah I played <laughs> against that. Which is funny, because that deck really sucked ass. He played it like four times, and it was like, this isn't fun to play. <laughs> and I also built my super salty deck with my Anawan deck that I built recently, which in practice isn't as salty as I thought it would be or wanted it to be. And it's just like an interesting turn creature sideways kind of deck.
1: Yeah, you were just feeling salt when you
0: played it because I was playing Rafine. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Fucking Archfiend of Diffneur is trash. <laughs>
2: I'm trying to make a salty phage deck shout out to ghost productions for getting me the secret layer from Minneapolis.
0: Oh, uh, that's going to be yeah. a fun one,
2: but, um, real quick. It's funny. You guys bring this up. Cause I promised myself I wasn't going to talk about this on the episode, but all this talk about <laughs> building specifically salty decks, <laughs> me, mike and a few friends recently started our own little league where we created a budget of 70 dollars, created a a pool of commanders to draw from and have built budget decks with customized boons and restrictions and we're going to play them and upgrade them on a schedule i don't want to say too much more i'll let mike talk about it at some point but it is some of the most fun i have had brewing decks and magic in a long time budget and additional like self-imposed restraints are a really cool idea for context uh my deck for the league is a scorpion god deck where my boon is anytime someone attacks me their creature is immediately goaded and next turn will have to attack someone else my Ooh. restriction is i cannot use any non-creature spells less than two mana
0: oh man mm.
2: It's a brutal restriction, but I'm loving brewing it because I'm using all these weird cards I've never even thought of using.
0: That That is wicked interesting. Yeah, we should do like a, we should do an episode on that because Mike's been telling us about that. And it just sounds like a fascinating design space. Super fun. And, you know, Mike's not here, so I have to say it. But using Moxfield and OBS and stuff like that does kind of take away one of the things that was limiting us earlier with our salty decks was that we didn't want to spend the money on the paper and play two games with a deck and be like, wow, this fucking sucks. I spent all this money on this thing. Yeah. So, you know, that that does kind of cut it out.
2: Shout out Moxfield. You're an amazing website and I love
3: you.
0: Yep, Moxfield's great. Hit us up with a sponsor. Or architect. I'll shill for whoever. <laughs> I'll shill for whoever. <laughs> love that.
1: I don't know if there is there even a salt rating on this. This is like it's like glass in a sandwich.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> uh, that's well said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if there's an appropriate salt rating for this, other than say that you know that person can get fucked, and it sounds like they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah they get fucked <laughs> literally. Oh my god. Well, shall we move on, guys? Do yeah, guys I say, one? I need a yeah. I need, I need a new one after one. that. A, a <laughs> like palate cleanser, cleanser literally. <laughs> uh, so this next one comes to us from Gmail. And it comes to us from Jimmy Rustler.
2: <laughs> I love
0: the name. Yeah, the J- name is Jimmy really Rustler silly. or Jimmy Wrestler. Jimmy Rustler, like, like someone that. who rustles jimmies. Yeah, oh, Tony, you've never had your jimmies rustled. Come on, Tony.
1: Uh, well, you know, he said Jimmy, and the first thing in my mind, inner fat kid, is sprinkles. But like, oh.
0: <laughs> I think that's what it—that's—that's that's what it means.
1: Is that yeah. the reference to that R- rustling your jimmies? Yeah. Is it because it makes, like, the sound? I think that it basically just means, like, making someone upset. It's Well, like no, a, that I know, but I mean, like, how does that tie back to sprinkles? Because chimneys is a, is a regional term for sprinkles. But, like, if somebody rustles my sprinkles, am I upset? Yes. They obviously have their whole hand in game. I'd hope you'd be upset.
3: <laughs>
0: Fair. Now we got there. Now I understand. <laughs> so... the post title is when vandal blast is armageddon
2: Mm. oh i can see where this is going
0: yeah i think i can too and the post goes so i'm writing this to clear my conscience and attempt to absolve me of my edh sins well you've come to the right people i have a group of friends that i play with weekly usually the same four to five people during the game in question i was playing niv mizzet perun with no curiosity tandem lookout or Ophidian Eye because my friends hate infinite combos. The game was going mostly smooth, except every time I was able to get Niv-Mizzet out, he was immediately shot down, probably rightfully so. I understand that in the past this deck has overperformed, but that was before I took out all the infinite combos. I was behind after Niv being removed twice and knew that he had no chance of sticking around. Then I drew a tutor and grabbed a secret weapon thanks to a Mycosynth Lattice my friend had on board. I cast Vandal Blast as a basically one-sided Armageddon. This won me the game within two turns because I was able to get Niv back out and wheel into a few more draw spells. Am I an asshole? Nobody seemed to actually be mad, and we all laughed it off, but I wonder if I took it too far to win. Thanks, guys. Big fan of your podcast
2: no, you didn't take it too far to win. The Mycosynth <laughs> platform wasn't even yours. You looked at the battlefield, saw something you could take advantage of and thought creatively. That's like exactly what I want out of an EDH game.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think this is just capitalizing on like the board state uh, on a situation, you know? Things like Mycosynth can lead to these super landslide plays, but it's also risky. Like when you make everything an artifact... Now my abrade is going to kill your Planeswalker. You know what I mean? Sure. One of the things that Wizards of the Coast does sometimes with cards is if cards have like multiple types, like artifact creature or enchantment creatures and things like that, in the design elements, they actually see it as like a detriment often. You'll see things with like lower costs because they have that because now they get hit by more removal. So when you add a permanent type to everything, it can be a pretty big weakness.
1: I was just like, I don't know why, but when you said that, it really made me think of like, I wonder how much goes into like identifying that this artifact creature is it going to be an artifact. Is it going to be a creature? Like how many people are sitting in a room like debating back and forth, like whether it should be (laughs) like an artifact creature or just a creature or like something else, you know, like just like a bunch of nerds fucking sitting there and like development being like, no, it should be an artifact creature because X, Y, Z. And like, there's just so much to the game, like. Or are those just like simple decisions is like every decision now because there's so much that can go wrong and awry mm. <laughs> that like you have to like think about every little thing. It's like
0: interesting. Well, a lot of people <sighs> were mad that like Esper Sentinel wasn't an artificer. Because up until then, I think all of or very many of the beings from the Esper Wedge or whatever the fuck it is, were artificers just by type because they're, you know, messing around with that cool metal. Yeah. I don't know mm. much about lore And that's guys. a whole other angle, right? Because
1: that's like <laughs> lore side. I don't even give a fuck about the lore side. I'm just like, <laughs> like just mechanically speaking, like, is it like there's so much to take into account when you're making cards and like these little interactions that can happen that then all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> fucking blow up everybody's lands yeah, like,
0: get hit with a vandal blast man yeah how do you feel about this tony you're you're usually pretty anti you know mld pretty hardcore but this is
1: like different because like they win the game in that moment right like it's like they've just destroyed everything else if they're not in a winning position from there like yeah then i i mean i do hate them if like they just cast this and like had nothing on the board if they had five mana and cast us with nothing else, then I would be mad. Because I'd be like, come on. Now we're just going to like wait around. You don't even have enough mana to kill us on the next <laughs> turn. Like, fucking do something. And you're playing blues, so fuck you. But like... <laughs> there it is <laughs>
3: okay <laughs>
1: that point aside uh, this does open up a question
2: i want to ask so oftentimes in casual if you want to play aggro one of the best ways to play is to establish a board state and then once people sort of stacks you out or establish their own value engines you board wipe and then reestablish your stuff mm-hmm. is that just not a play style that is like fun or okay sometimes because like someone else plays a micro lattice and i can just stabilize by wiping out the lands. I kind of view that as just an okay play. If I'm like playing a random aggro deck in casual, I wouldn't be salty about that if someone destroys all my lands and that's like the theme of their deck and they do it every time. I can understand being upset about MLD, but if someone just finds a cool way to slow down
1: the game through that, I feel like that's way more okay. I don't want the game slowed. I want the game ended. Like if you're going to like wipe my Mm. shit like Mm -hmm. that, I want it over. I, I just do not like this slow. Now I got to fucking build everything back up. I'm like, fucking just end it. Somebody end it. End me. I don't even care. <laughs> end me. <laughs> I, I will say, I noticed you guys don't concede a lot in your play group. I think concession is
0: totally fine. Well, Nick does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <it worked>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, we do sometimes. Sometimes like the writing is on the wall and we're like, okay, like let's not play it out. But it is pretty rare. We can probably count it almost on like two hands, like how yeah. many times
1: we concede in our pot as a whole.
0: I think specifically like me and Mike tend to be the masochists that want to play it out. Yeah.
2: I'm that way in CDH, but in casual, I'm as long as the, I'm not scooping mid combat or doing something that like totally warps the game. I'm yeah, totally fine yeah. to be like, Hey, are you guys cool? If I concede? like there's, I got nothing. Like I'm always totally fine to do that and just wait until the next game. So, maybe that's why I'm more okay with MLD and like stuff that like totally locks me out. Yeah, no, I'll be point. like, shake my hand. Nice. Good job. You stopped me.
0: <laughs> Pat, you mentioned something earlier that I kind of want to circle back to. And it is intentional deck building versus things just happening during the course of the game. And I think that this is like a really different situation because of that. If this person had intentionally built into their deck a Mycosynth Vandal Blast combo, you know, that is kind of like, okay, that's shitty. Like you're you're purposefully trying to do some MLD stuff, or I guess that could be viewed as shitty depending on who you are yeah. and how you feel about that kind of stuff. But when those situations just arise in the course of a game because of multiple players' pieces interacting, I do think that the salt is much lower because it's circumstantial. It's like, oh, this wasn't planned. This wasn't premeditated. You didn't pack your deck full of MLD. This just sort of presented itself and led to what sounds like a pretty quick win. Just a couple of turns later, you know.
1: For sure. It's like sure. it's, it's spicy at that point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, cool. Exactly. When it happens to me then, I'm like, fuck me, because I probably played the microsynth lattice, and then I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You're sad if you're that guy. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what can happen where, you know, if someone does a big board wipe and you make your permanence indestructible or something like that. You know, that's something that tends to happen in our play group every once in a while where it's like i'm just capitalizing on the situation and weathering the storm and coming out the other side with a better board state because of the
1: for the record that never happens to me my shit just gets wiped and yeah. then i'm sad <laughs> <laughs> but, but it happens to be a lot <laughs> it really does well what do we what do we think about the assault rating here on this one I think it's low.
2: I I think this is spicy. If anything, this is something I'd be happy to see in my game, especially if it's like we said, an out of nowhere MLD and not something you've built your deck around.
0: Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I don't think this is super high salt. Um, frankly, it sounds like your play group just rolled with it and had like a really good time and thought it was a spicy play. You know, sometimes if you had like a Vandal Bast Mycosynth in your deck, like we were talking about, ah, eh, that starts to be a little sketchy on like you're purposefully bringing that to the table. But hey, board states happen. Interesting things will happen. That's why we play the game is that you have these four different decks coming together and the pieces clash and interact in weird ways and new cool things happen. I don't think you ever thought that you would MLD with your Niv-Mizzet deck, but you got to do that. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, I feel like the lesson Tony learned today is that circumstantial salt tastes better than purposeful
0: salt. Oh, yeah. A hundred (laughs) percent. Put that on a
2: shirt. (laughs) Hell yeah, baby.
0: All righty, guys. Well, let's move on to another one here. Um, Hell yeah. (laughs) We got another one from Patreon here. This one comes to us from our patron Rothbox. Hi, Rothbox. What's up, (laughs) Rothbox? Dude. And the post title is Getting Others to Do Your Dirty Work. I like it already. And the story goes. I was playing in a moderate powered game playing Rona, Disciple of Gix. I had out 10 Thopters and one enchanted with mechanized production. I passed my turn and said, this wins on my next upkeep. I won't stop anyone from trying to blow it up. The game was early enough. I didn't particularly want it to end, but wasn't going to not play it if I already had 10 Thopters on board. Turns keep passing with no answers until the player before me. He draws Druid of Purification. Okay, yep, that'll do it. You can blow up Mechanized Production or the Thopter. He points at a different random artifact I have on board. Confused, I say, okay, I'm not going to pick anything. The rest of you can vote for my win on, and it's destroyed. They proceed to vote for different artifact I own, and then the Wincon. con. So all three are destroyed, and I'm now basically useless. I ask him why he didn't target the Wincon, con, and he said, seems like it got destroyed for me. That's some Weevil Underwood level bullshit. (laughs) I did not win that game, but neither did he. So there is some justice, I suppose. Okay, I have to read this Druid of Purification. I'm like... It's a good
2: card. It was featured on (laughs) uh, uh, a lot of EDH gameplay channels when it first came out. And I think it's sort of faded into the background. But this is still a good card.
0: Yeah, Druid of Purification. It is a four mana cost, three and a green. And it says when Druid of Purification enters a battlefield, starting with you, each player may choose an artifact or enchantment you don't control to each permanent chosen this way. And that's really interesting. So they like basically played this and kind of forced somebody else to target the mechanized production.
2: Right. You're saying somebody else here doesn't get a choice. I get a choice because I'm the one casting the card, but somebody here has to deal with the win con.
0: That is super, super interesting. I I guess we should probably read Mechanized Production as well, uh, just for folks who don't know it. Mechanized Production, it is a blue enchantment aura. It costs two and two blue, and it says enchant artifact you control. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a token that's a copy of enchanted artifact. Then if you control eight or more artifacts with the same name as one another, you win the game. Yeah, so he was going into that upkeep with the Mechanized Production, was going to win with the 10th Opters, and then it comes down and you just force other people to do your shit. I think that's just good politics, you know?
2: Yeah, I agree. What a cool card Druid of Purification is. It's an
0: interesting one. Four mana for me...
2: Oh, it's no CDH card. It's for sure a casual <laughs> card. <laughs> but what, what casual deck that's like... We're not trying to win by turn eight or nine. Like this is a good, good old fashioned battlecruiser magic. What deck do you not slot this in over um, reclamation sage?
0: Yeah, that is a really good point. I mean, just one mana more and a Rex sage that that hits. I mean, one everybody target. gets something to hit.
2: Yeah, this is potentially four targets. Yeah, up to four targets.
0: Dead. That's pretty sick. That's an interesting one.
2: I think this card is a bit pricey, though. It's what like it is. Five it's bucks? like nine bucks. Nine, nine bucks? bucks.
1: Yeah, forty two, no. but.
2: I'll take the 25 cent reclamation sage, please. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I think I'm sitting on a couple of these. What's that? Are you? Uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Really? Mm, Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I don't.
1: And maybe it's a little bit lower. I feel like this near mint from direct TCG player is like nine bucks, but they don't seem like they're more around like 650. Okay. That's still pretty high. I thought AFR
0: was generally like a pretty low cost uh, set overall. It's
1: it's doing better. There's a
2: couple standouts.
0: I do really respect the move of like, I, I think this is actually something that you do a lot, Pat, which is like playing the win con, even when it comes up maybe a little bit too fast in a casual game, but also like kind of throwing out some caveats there and being really open about it. Like I know that you've done this with your Titania deck. And I think we've talked about that before where you're like, hey, I can pop off right now. I'm going to make three elementals and pass the turn. And if you guys can't kill me on my turn, I'm just going to win. And like kind of doing that and like floating out a little bit. I don't think it really falls into like a playing with your food category, which sometimes we caution people against. Like, I think there's a difference between giving your opponents a fair shot against a win con that maybe came a little too early versus like stretching it out and kind of watching people squirm and then trying to win, you know?
2: So as the prolific blue player, I am something I tend to do is monologue (laughs) and in casual games, that happens a lot. And, Like you said, you don't want to be playing with your food, but it can be really fun sometimes to have like a a Seto Kaiba moment to go back to a Yu-Gi-Oh! reference like this guy did. (laughs) A Seto Kaiba moment where you can say, I get to play this really powerful card and let's see if you guys can do anything to stop me when... In reality, I'm, I'm shields down sitting on a 1-1 thopter that if anybody can kill, uh, you probably disrupt my game plan for the rest of the game. So <laughs> <laughs> while I think it's an important distinction to make that like probably not an optimal play and something I also noticed he, him say was I didn't want the game to end. An asterisk I should want to put on this story is you shouldn't cast your win the game card if you don't want the game to end.
1: Well, true <laughs> life.
2: But no, I think I think giving other players a villain to beat is something really fun and almost just as fun as winning sometimes.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I do think that it is fun to, like, embrace the arch enemy every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, Tony, you do that every game, so you must love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I do tend to play that role
1: in our pod. The, for, the funny thing for better is or worse. I, it used to be Nick. Like, yeah, it used to be always, it be Nick. really was like always Nick, and he was always building these decks that just like were popping off. He wasn't winning, he was just like popping off
0: hard, fast, and yeah. like now it's me. I think for a while it was me as well when I was playing um, Marisi. I don't remember because that really, Marisi, <laughs> I don't think Sam has ever really been, you know, His oh wow. decks suck it's because I'm it's because I'm a fair player and people like me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh... (laughs) but something that you said pat that I, i think is interesting is do you not cast the mechanized production because rothbox's justification here is like hey i have it in hand i have the 10 tokens out i just have to cast this when you don't cast it are you now falling into that territory of like playing with your food where you have the wind con and you're that's like, a good point. Eh, I'll give it a couple more turns. I'll like kind of tease it out. You know, I, I, yeah. I think it's almost better to be like really upfront and be like, Hey, I'm going to drop this down because the time is ripe. This is a weird card that wins in a very specific way. And my board state hits that right now, but there's a full turn rotation before the wind comes, you know, it feels pretty fair to me.
2: Yeah. That's a good point. I just, I kind of harped on that. I didn't want the game to end line because I don't like it. Sometimes when people go for a game winning move and then win the game, and go- we're like, "Oh, I thought you guys were going to stop me." It's just like it's such like a. Oh, I didn't know I was going to be able to flex that much. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like that. that. That's like not a tone I like
1: to establish.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like with these kind of things, it does kind of come down to like tone and intent. With mm. And intent intent
2: is important to express. That's why, when you said earlier, like I I try to be very open. Like, hey, I'm playing this card. I'm not going to win immediately with it right now, but if you don't stop me, I'm going to be able to. So like, I try to explain how my deck works a little bit, especially when you're playing casual, which may include people who haven't seen your deck before.
0: Yeah, especially like Mechanized Production. It's kind of a weird card.
2: Definitely a weirder card.
1: I feel like of the alternate win cons, it's one of the least exciting and yet also at the same time like most plausible i feel like it's always like easy to have eight tokens of something or eight copies of something like and nick has won with this before i think in the brew deck yeah. maybe and i actually he can at me if i'm totally wrong here but i think when he did win he was kind of like that was kind of cool but sad at the same time like we were having like an interesting good game and then he just like got an eighth land. I think he had like an eighth snow land or some shit. Like there was some like weird something. Uh, maybe it's not land.
0: I don't remember how it works, but like yeah I forget what had, it was. I think it was eight is something that I thought was producing mana, but I don't yeah, remember. I forget the deck. But but I, I do remember that moment where he, he won with that a couple times and kind of snuck it in. Yeah. And it is sort of that type of win con where it's like well it's over. Yeah the game's over.
1: Yeah it just felt kind of like lame
0: yeah, I, I think, I mean, man, there's a lot of win cons that suffer from that. You know, things that say I win the game tend to be a little bit more boring than just straight up attacking people and bring their life totals down, which is yeah. really weird to me because, like, I feel like Craterhoof gets some hate because it's, um, you generic. know, it's like, yeah, it's very generic and used a lot. But at the same time, I feel like people would rather lose to Craterhoof than to Thassa's Oracle, for example. You know, even though the same thing might be like a single spell is being cast and you are losing the game because of it. Uh, but there just is a little bit of combat with the Crater Hoof. Granted, huge mana cost differences, maybe not the best comparison. But you know what I'm trying to, to say here. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. sure. So what do you think about the salt rating here? Feels low to me. This this feels just like a, just kind of like a interesting story, interesting interaction and an, an opponent making a savvy play.
2: Yeah, I like the analogy of getting people to do your work for you. I think um, this is not an example of like priority bullying or anything that we talked about on the show recently. This is just using a card correctly.
0: I was thinking about priority bullying, though. I'm glad you (laughs) mentioned that.
2: (laughs) Right. There are like very like tenuous lines to that story, but I think this is a completely different situation. Yeah, there's at no point where someone is like, yeah, no, this is not the same.
0: It also makes me think of like, chain of vapor bullying Mm. (laughs) which if people don't know what chain of vapor is it's one blue for an instant you uh, return target permanent to its owner's hand I think maybe it's non land and then that player can sacrifice a land to copy chain of vapor so sometimes you know if there's like a win con or a winning piece or something on the board that needs to be bounced if I have the chain of vapor maybe I'll bounce something critical on Tony's board that was fucking me up and now it's on Tony to copy the chain of vapor and bounce the thing that's winning, right? And you can like kind of like force people to do that, but it gets dangerous though because if you do that, they can just target you again. Yeah, right? <laughs>
1: exactly. and force you. I to think do I, it. I think that has happened before <laughs> in our siege, but where somebody yeah. like like I think you or somebody has. tried to do that, and I think I may have even bounced on occasion when that's happened. I've I've even used it to my advantage to like bounce one of my own pieces and then mm. like bounce yeah. the thing that's a problem, but. Um, what i'm still thinking about is druid of purification and whether i should be running it in more decks or not it's good and i'm reading it again now and i'm like the thing i don't like is that it's the may so everybody else may Mm. choose a thing so you can drop it down and everybody could just be like if we just don't do it like now in what world do people not vote for that though because because they don't want more of their stuff being blown up so like I'm gonna hit like something on Sam's board, right? And he's gonna be like, I'm fucking mad. So I yeah, could be like, choose Fuck to you. not hit other people's stuff if y'all don't hit mine. But if you're gonna hit mine, then I'm gonna hit one of yours. So I think it would just quickly turn into like okay, none of us are gonna do anything because we don't wanna Maybe. and like you get rid of the one thing, but
0: yeah, I could see that. I could see I that wish I could force them to do it. It's still high <laughs> on this card. Yeah, I mean it it seems like a sick card, it's very interesting. Yeah.
1: I feel like we we tend to play for ourselves and not for the betterment of the game when these types of effects come down in like our pod, because we always are like, <laughs> I don't want to lose any of my own shit, even though I know stuff that like Mike or Nick has is a problem. I would rather just like preserve my own things and I will do whatever it takes to preserve myself. <laughs> it's definitely how we play. yeah. I'm not saying it's correct, but you said
2: earlier, you view yourself as the arch enemy in the pod a lot. I often view myself as like the janitor or the custodian because on mono <laughs> on mono blue, if someone's like casting an ad I have to be like, now, did you leave open mana to counter stuff? Cause I'm going to be countering. Okay. Now I'll just clean that up for you. No, you don't need that ad Like, <laughs> I, I often feel like I, I am the one who's cleaning up
1: messes that have been left around. Yeah, we tend to go more for the Wild West and whoever
0: wins first cleans up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for better or worse, a lot of us are on that player removal jam where we're like, yeah. I can't remove this thing, but I could just knock that person out. Yeah, I could just <laughs> kill you. So like maybe that's, and
1: and then we don't do it. Or that that's my biggest flaw when I play. I should just kill people more frequently and I don't, and it always comes back and bites me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh man, gotta gotta play those Voltron decks, dude. That's when you just knock someone right out. Hell yeah. Well, guys, I think it might be that time of the week. It is, baby. That time. Yeah. It comes every week. You fucking know it. It's the time of the week where we say, Hell yeah. Tony, what's the salty card of the week? What up, bitches? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't miss a beat.
1: Mike's not here, so fuck him. The salty (laughs) card of the week
0: this week is Tony has the salty card this week.
2: Salty, salty, salty. (laughs) (laughs)
1: for a second i thought you weren't gonna do it and it was kind of throwing me off
0: (laughs) and then you did and so so it was but i just always forget that it's coming and like some weeks i'm so prepared that i write an entire song for it and some weeks it hits and i'm like what is gonna come out of my mouth right now (laughs) lol well
1: This one comes to us yet again from the wonderful Google random number generator. I will say though that this time I hit it once and it it came to a number that we've already done. So Oh wow. Ooh. We're getting it's up there in episodes. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, for real. And I actually was thinking about that because then I was like, well, we have done like 50 of them, so it's like <laughs> it's not that much of a chance that you're not going to hit something. But anyway. Yeah,
0: I mean at this point we're yeah. we like <laughs> we need EDH rec to update it. Like there's going to be a point. <laughs> well, they did update it. Right. So it's like some of them are different from like when we initially yeah, yeah. started, but there is anyway. going to be a point where we need to go off of the list because we've like used everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get into this card. I'm very interested in e- if either of you have heard of this card because I had not. Hmm. Uh, so this card is divine intervention. Six white, white for an enchantment. Put two counters on this card. Remove a counter during your upkeep. When you remove the last counter from Divine Intervention, the game is over and considered a draw.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm
1: so excited to talk about this.
0: (laughs)
2: This is like the ultimate alternate win condition.
1: (laughs) Well, Pat, since you got the most excitement, you get to go first. Does this card make you salty? No, no, never. How often would you be able to see this card? I I I I'm
2: opening TCG player after this episode ends and I want to see how much it is because
0: it's expensive. It's like 130 oh, bucks.
2: For sure. Yeah, it's not cheap. But like the smile I want to see on people in my LGS's face when I throw this on the table. Oh, I can't even this is so unique, so weird like you have to build a deck completely around tying the game. I feel like if you're going to build this deck and that is like a really unique thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it screams different. And that, that is something I like. I, I could understand it being salty because you're, you, you are literally playing a different game. Once you, discard you know. <laughs> no.
1: that is true. I understand
2: it, but no, this card is cool. And <laughs> you can come at me for that take. <laughs>
1: Sam, how about you? Does this card make you salty? No,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Pat. It's really cool. <laughs> like, And honestly, like eight mana, right? Like it costs eight. Eight mana spells should be doing big, ridiculous things. It has a bit of setup, uh, comes in with those two counters on it. You remove them on upkeep. So it's kind of the slow roll to get to that draw. I do see where the salt comes from because, you know, we were kind of talking about it earlier. Those anticlimactic wins. Uh, this is like not the a most win. anticlimactic anticlimactic end to a game. It's just like, all right, and now the game is over, and we will start a new one. Like, <laughs> oh, but you win if you play this card. You win. Yeah, you're playing a mini game. You're winning. You're getting the achievement, but you're not winning the game. You know, right? Um, it does seem like there's some combos with it. What? You think of like Vampire Hexmage, for example, two black, two one Vampire Shaman. You can sac it to remove all counters from target permanent. So Uh you could have that like out ready to go and maybe use something like Gen, G-H-E-N, which is the Mardu Enchantress Commander. I'm pretty sure what Gen says is you sacrifice an enchantment and you put an enchantment from your graveyard back into play. So you could like have pitched this into your yard and then play Vampire Hexmage and then bring it back out, kind of like reanimate this enchantment and pop it off and probably get it way before you have eight mana. It's um, a good point. You know, it, there, there are different like things to do there to like, fuck around with it, but it, it just seems cool, man. It's definitely a specific type of deck, though. You got to sit down and be like, hey, this is my Divine Intervention deck. I'm going to be doing some weird shit. Tony, how do you feel about this?
1: I definitely agree with what you guys are saying. I think it's really weird. And (laughs) I had a very similar vibe of what you guys have. It's like, I kind of want to build it, (laughs) but like, like how do (laughs) I break it? (laughs) I don't know if I want to break it. If you look at our, our stats that we talk about a bunch, we do have like one or two draws that have happened. Uh, But they were like very unique scenarios. I think that how this definitely would make it salty is because people would just be like, like, what the fuck? Like you just, that's it, like it's just a draw. And I think we talked about how people tend to have (laughs) that kind of feeling about even alternate win cons, where if there aren't enough hoops that you have to jump through, it doesn't like feel cool, you know? If you didn't like have to do a bunch of stuff, cause that's like what it is, right? People want like a bunch of cool, quote, cool things to happen. And then they're like satisfied with the ending to the game. Like I can see how this would be an unsatisfying end to the game. Because exactly what you're saying, Sam, like it's, it's not that hard to pop this out and like just make this happen, right? You could do that with like six cards, like two of them being tutors, three of them being mm-hmm. tutors, get all the pieces in your hand, pop it out, done. Like it's kind of quick, but it is also fucking hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- there's a thing with a lot of those win cons, like players want win cons to be earned, whether it's through combat damage and like that type of grind or, or it's CDH, and even in CDH, a Thassa's Oracle win can feel very earned through a counterspell war, appropriate timing, things like that. It's when you're playing those types of really powerful kind of instant win cons, alternate win cons, and dropping them in a pod that's unsuspecting or a pod that like can't stop it, where it just hits and it happens and everyone's like, all right, well, I guess the game's over. I, I think that that is anticlimactic and and leaves people feeling salty with this one. It's kind of like you said, Pat, it kind of is a win. Like even though the game is a draw, I almost feel like it is a alternate win con for the divine intervention player. It doesn't say you win the game, but you still cause the game to end, which to me feels very, very similar (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. You said something that I, I want to harp on. You said, I want to break this card earlier. I, I think that is where this 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 is something that could be a little annoying. Is if someone in your playgroup builds the perfect deck around this card to get it out as fast as possible, doesn't yeah. really worry about the counters, they have a way around that, and they just tie the game every game, and this is no longer unique, I could see that being salty and that being no fun. But if somebody rolls up into your LGS, some mysterious hermit sage, and they pull out their divine intervention. <laughs> Bench and deck and you have no idea what, what you just sat through. <laughs> I mean, how could you not love that? That's like what the format is for
1: yeah. I think there's two points to that that are interesting and the first is that like I feel like you play this once with a group like mm-hmm. you can't play it multiple times and at least for me, I think I would be more annoyed with it the more I saw it. But the first time I saw it, if it was this kind of like, weird janky fucking thing like also had a theme of like all old fucking cards or something because this is an old (laughs) card yeah i would definitely be very into that but i wouldn't like once you've done it once you've done the thing and i'm kind of like okay like it's not that cool anymore the other thing that's weird is like i don't want to know that's what you're gonna do and and to your point mm. I do want it to happen later in the game. I want it to happen yeah. around when anybody else would be trying to win like turn 8 and on and I would be like totally cool. Right. Especially if you like do some weird shit to pull it out, some weird funky tutors and stuff. But like that's kind of against part of what we preach and part of what also makes healthy games of like knowing what's going to happen, but I I I do want it to just be a surprise. Like I want it yeah. to just happen and that's when I would be the most like, oh, this is fucking amazing. Like that's hilarious. Like you do win because we all (laughs) tied.
0: Well, without like really breaking it with like a hex mage or something like that, it does kind of have this like impending doom vibe going on where it's like the counters are slowly coming off. You play it. Everybody has two rounds to fucking deal with it. It's actually kind of similar to the story that we got from Rothbox where he's like, Hey, my win cons on board. How can you stop me? Can you stop me? over the next four turns, over the next eight turns, whatever it is, can you dig for that interaction and stop this piece? And I think there's a lot of wins like that. Approach of the Second Sun is very similar, where you cast mm-hmm. it out and it's like, hey, guess where this is going? And guess where it's gonna be in three turns? Hopefully back in my hand and I'll be casting it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of have this interesting vibe where there's a clock on the table and people are trying to unite against like the villain and the win con is there. And I think that that can be cool, but the, you know, the draw thing I think is the one thing that kind of sticks for me. That's hard where it's like not truly a win, but you did end the game. And it's just, it's just kind of a strange thing. Like, how do you, for sure how do you handle that? You know? Uh, and I, I could see like what you're saying Tony. I could see getting old.
1: Yeah. The first time I would see it come down, if I didn't have the most commanding lead, I would be trying to make it happen. Yeah. I would definitely be that player who would be like, this is cool. Somebody tries to like play with, circle with the druid we just talked about.
0: Yeah, someone does like a druid of purification, and you're oh, like, "Oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, trying I'd be like, that.
1: I refuse to target it. Yeah, <laughs> I will not." <laughs> and then somebody else targets it, and I'll fucking deflecting swat it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. If your board state sucks ass, this is a great card to see across the table. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's a draw. That's what I was thinking yeah, there's you're like, like some people that it. would just be like, yeah. <laughs> So it is interesting from that perspective too.
1: But what do you, uh, what do you guys think about where this sits on the list? Oh, that's a good question,
0: isn't it? Though
2: it can't
1: be high.
0: I will go first, Pat, since you are a guest host and the person who guesses second usually, usually has a slightly better chance here. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 79, Tony. Okay.
2: I'm gonna go
1: 62.
0: Ooh. Get a close race
1: 76
0: nice Ooh, dude i'm on a streak ever since i came back i'm like even 70 is high
2: <laughs> i was i was kind of like maybe maybe people are like weirdly salty about this card but even 70 seems kind of high for an effect like this an effect that does not lose the game
0: yeah it's like that's high To me, it's interesting because it's like, who's fucking running into this? Like, are tons of people running into this to the point where they're like, oh, that would make me salty. that's why I'm like,
1: how the fuck, like, so how many decks do you think this uh, made it
0: into? Sub
2: 300.
0: Yeah, I I would say, like, I, I think we, in a recent episode, we had that, like, rounding glitch where it was a 0%. I think it's something like that.
1: Uh, you're correct. It is 0%, but it's in 935 decks. So wow. not even 1,000 decks. Whoa. But there's like there's like over a million for reference of like what the, yeah. Yeah, the total <laughs> like, pool.
0: Yeah. That's so. crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, it just seems so, like one, such a niche card. Two, expensive. It seems like it was a reserved list. Uh, super expensive card from the past. Three, requires a very specific build. And four requires a very specific builder to even build me. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> that's why it's
1: only nine hundred and thirty-five decks. Like. Yeah, you
0: have to want that. You have to want that Marie, that you're bringing for sure.
1: <laughs> well, that's it for the salty card of the week.
0: Well, thanks, Tony. That was a great salty card. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast. If you want more Howling Salt Mine. Check us out on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/howlingsaltmine. We have extra salt episodes once a month. We have our stray grains, which are coming out weekly, sometimes twice a week. Our little short form series that we do, all the funny tangents that we have from the show that don't make the final cut. Uh, we've got merchandise you can get on our bonfire store. You can be repping the Howling Salt Mine logo. You can have our blues, a trash color for trash people shirt. Rep your own trash identity or call other people trash whatever
2: loud and proud yeah <laughs> loud and proud my islands are untapped and i am proud
0: <laughs> i got two blew up and i don't care who knows <laughs> <laughs> if you have a salty story that you'd like featured on a future episode send it to us at the saltman at gmail.com as always um it's actually kind of a lie because i've forgotten to say this a lot but We ask that you keep those short, sweet and do the salt. I don't think I've said that in like two months.
2: (laughs) It is catchy, though. It is catchy, though.
0: Or DM us on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, uh, Reddit, wherever you want to do it. Um, Lastly, if you haven't given us a five star review on the podcast app of your choice, that is a great way for other people to find us in that big old algorithm. uh, And it really helps out the podcast. And, of course, we have to shout out our amazing podcast artist, J.D. Burnett, for doing our podcast art. It is beautiful. We love it. And we love him. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a sweet tattoo. 10,000 subscribers are (laughs) bust. Yeah. 10,000 subscribers and we're all going to get that tattooed on us by J.D. We're flying down there. He's the
1: only one I would let do it. I literally wouldn't let anybody else do it.
0: Oh, no way. It has to be him. It has to be him. I don't
2: think I, I,
1: I don't think I could let myself do that unless I
2: come on like twenty episodes or something. I'd feel like one of those guys who goes to like an army navy store to get discounts at like <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> it's like stolen valor. <laughs> you
1: guys can keep that tattoo for now.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show, Pat. It was awesome oh, having yeah. you on, dude. Well, thanks for I mean for having it was it was okay. Like I I've, I've had better episodes, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've definitely we've definitely had better episodes when it's me, Mike, and Pat. Yeah, that's a good what point, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: for real. Thank you guys for having me. It's always so much fun.
0: Yeah, Hells, this is a, yeah. this is a pleasure for sure. I love the perspective you bring. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. And um, yeah, I'm gonna end it now. <laughs> yeah, as always. <laughs> stay salty <laughs> Yeah, as always, stay salty And don't forget to draw an additional card During your draw step, and don't be racist It's the Conscious, conscience, conscious. Conscience. Conscience. It be conscience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, shoot, shoot us a email at Howling. Oh my God. My brain just fucking like yeah. Bon- you should do that a little bit, so bit again. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. By blowing up my solemn simulacrum, I think give everyone a land. I
1: think that, I think we did this one.
0: What? You guys didn't mark it, dude. Yeah. I think this is in the the Tony
1: Mike episode. Did you not mark it? We might. Uh, there's a very really good have gotten missed on the mark. Oh my god, you guys fucking suck so bad. <laughs> <I
3: know. laughs> <You guys laughs> are are, so
1: bad. When dude. you said bow buoy, I was like, that sounds oddly familiar.
0: Wow, Pat would never do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Literally working QA. By the way,
2: I've never missed a single thing. Ask my boss.
0: I'm so disappointed in you.
2: I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry, you've thrown off our host's groove. <laughs> yeah, you've thrown off my fucking groove, dude. <laughs> I also read, like, almost all of it <laughs> before you figured it out.